Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. So we're sat around the mastermind table in Cayman talking about leadership. I think the thing that frustrates many business owners, especially when they have staff, is why don't the staff care about the business as much as them? Uh, why do they not perform tasks in the way that I ask them to perform the tasks? Why are they not committed and focused like I would be in my business? Um, and the difficult thing with leadership is you kind of have to accept that, that no one's ever going to quite be as passionate about your business as you. Um, so I think the first thing about leadership is managing your own emotions. Now, I know we're around a mastermind table where we're talking about property and business. Today's been very business focused. Some of the days moving forward will be much more property focused. But I cannot stress enough that this will make or break your business or make or lose you a substantial amount of money. So I would say that this is important to everybody. You could, for 99 hours out of 100, do everything right in your business and then lose the plot, get frustrated, get angry, react emotionally and completely lose a deal or break a relationship with a client or a supplier or whatever because you allowed your emotions to get the better of you. And um, sometimes it doesn't feel fair that you have to keep your mouth shut, you have to smile, you have to apologize, you have to stay, say thank you, and you have to be grateful when inside you're thinking, I'm paying you, you know, you said and did this and it wasn't right, it was unfair, it was inaccurate, it was even defamatory. But I believe that your business will dramatically grow the more you grow. So I know um, you chaps have had a bit of a laugh that sometimes Adam can come in and um, lose, lose his um, cool a little bit. Um, we're in the position whereby we often don't get the thanks and the praise for all the times we act in a professional manner because people just take it for granted. You feel a certain way and you act professionally and you're calm and you handle it with aplomb and panache and you never get thanked for that and then the one time in 50 or 100 you lose your shit it happens publicly and then all of a sudden you've got to go and pick up all the pieces um obviously Gerald Ratner's going to be here in a few days and he's got a story about that which he's still feasting off to this day so step one in leadership I think is managing your emotions well um, and I think that's about learning to shut your mouth when you want to open it I think it's about Allowing your emotions to calm before you make decisions or respond. So we were talking um, 
if Adam walks through the shop and there's some things that frustrate him, take a note, smile, say hi to everyone, go back and tell you about it. And then you go and tell your managers. And then by the time it gets to the managers, there's no emotion in it. Whereas if it comes from Adam, there's emotion in it. And, and when people are react you to, to react to you emotionally, you just immediately go back to them with emotion. And then you create something that didn't actually exist before. Um, it's also being grateful for your challenges. Like, I know this is easy to say, not easy to do, but every problem that arises is an opportunity for you to learn, to grow, to be better, to do things better, to communicate better. And of course, we actually had some experience of this before Cayman. Um, so being grateful for all the challenges and managing your emotions to turn frustration, anger into gratitude. That I'd say that's not just managing your emotions. That is mastery of your emotions. I would also say no one is perfect like that, not even a Zen Buddhist monk. And I think that is something that we're all always working on all the time. Like people in this room are going to do a big, Peter is doing developments at the moment and he's going to have to pay his bank that have got a charge over his assets and his builders are going to go way over time and they're going to make mistakes. And he's got to somehow manage them to get them back on schedule without getting angry with them so that they down tools. Because if they down tools, he's in even, even a worse position. So this is like the paradox we have. Um, which leads me on to the second thing about leadership and that's self-awareness. And um, obviously you're the first session we've done, but I reckon you guys are pretty self-aware because you're both able to say what you're good at and what you're not good at. And you're able to give Adam feedback on what he's good at and not good at and vice versa. And you guys weren't taking it personally. And I think that that's really good. And in the past, I have thought I'm good at things I'm rubbish at. And I've also thought that I'm not very good at things that I'm actually pretty good at. So being overly humble is bad. I, oh no, I can't do that. I can't do that even when you can. But then of course, being a bit too cocky or confident or, um, just feeling like you're good at something that you're not yet at. Both of those can be quite damaging to your, you know, to the growth of your business. So hardcore self-awareness, knowing what you're good at and what you're not, knowing how good you are and how good you're not, when to be the student, when to be the mentor. Um, and what areas you need to improve. Now, there's some areas you actually don't need to improve. You're best just leveraging it out. You know, I think a lot of, uh, something that society says that I don't necessarily agree with, it says, you know, it's fine making a mistake, but don't make a mistake twice. Well, I think that's a nice soundbite thing to say, but I would argue that we all make the same mistake over and over and over and over and over and over and over because it's who we are. And you're good at what you're good at and you're not good at what you're not good at. So if you make a mistake once based on traits and skills you don't have, you're likely to make that mistake over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Someone who gets angry isn't going to say, oh, well, I made that mistake once. I won't get angry ever again. They're going to get angry the next time it happens. So those things that are recurring for you, outsource them. Leverage them to someone else. And then you get rid of them. But there are certain areas, I suppose, where you want to develop. Maybe, um, you know, if, you, if you're the visionary of the business, you want to develop your ability to create ideas. You want to develop your, develop your ability to inspire people, motivate people. But you don't have to work on spreadsheets and data and analytics. You can get someone else to provide all that for you. So the third thing is a clear vision. So this is something I think where you guys can just be really different to many other salons and hairdressers. 
whereby how many of them have a global vision? Not many. They're just, you know, they're barbers. Exactly. No, exactly. They just cut, they cut hair and they do it. And like you said, they're walking with walking sticks when they're 75. They're still in the shop cutting hair. Whereas if you have a global vision, how are you going to change the world with what you do? How, you know, like, um, I remember listening to Sarah Blakely. You know, she did Spanx. And she said, well, I just really wanted to make people really happy. That's a great vision. It's not just about creating clothing. I want to make people happy. And if, you know, if, if you make people's lives a little bit better when they come and get their haircut, that is giving happiness. It's not just giving a haircut. And we talked earlier, didn't we, about doing those vision meetings, the quarterly catch-ups. So the third thing about leadership is creating a clear, inspiring vision. The next thing is continually restating that, i.e. you share the vision every single day. At Progressive, we help people invest for freedom, choice and profit. What is it we do? We help people invest for freedom, choice and profit. Because you just telling everyone what the vision is once, they're going to come tomorrow and they'll forget it. So you've got to tell them again. They come tomorrow, you're going to forget it. They tell them again. And, you know, you need that repetition and that reminder. And then, of course, new staff coming in, they don't know what the vision is. And then people who you've known in your team for a while, but they've become demotivated, you re-inspire them with the vision to re-energize them. Now, the leader creates the vision. The leader inspires other with the, others with the vision. The leader does not manage. Management is, okay, here's your job description, here's your role, here's the staff handbook. Um, you know, here's what you do if you've got a grievance. Here's your employment contract. Here's all your, here's your um, you know, all the um, things you need. The P45, hopefully not, but you know, the things that you need. And, um, you know, and here's uh, it, just it's policy, it's process. Here's your one-to-one -one that we have every month. Here's your feedback. You've got feedback for us. It's people and process management. Leaders aren't good at that. Leaders, they stand at the top of the ship and they steer the ship towards the horizon. So knowing that a leader and a manager are different. And sometimes you have to go into management role. If you're dealing with a builder, a contractor, then you, you know, you, you, you're not just talking to them about the vision, then walking off, expecting them to go and get back on time and on budget. Um, the next thing then is the constant, the continual, both desire and practical action of solving bigger problems. Someone said a quote on one of my groups that I like really like a lot about bigger problems is the higher the level, the bigger the devil. And what they mean by that is as you solve a problem, what you earn is not rest or financial freedom or leverage. What you earn is a bigger problem. That's what you earn. And of course, that can be tiring and it can ground, grind you down to feel that, oh, well, I get to earn when I've solved this problem is the bigger problem. Like a lot of you in this room are doing property projects. Once you've done a single let and pretty much systemized that and do your first HMO, you've just earned a whole new set of problems you didn't even know existed. And then once you go from an HMO to a service accommodation HMO, you've just earned a whole new set of problems. Then when you do your first conversion, a whole new set of problems. That's planning now. Uh, and then when you go to development, a whole new set of problems. But the reward of that is, of course, mastering that strategy, which creates income uh, and results. So um, sometimes as leaders, as entrepreneurs, we can feel like, man, all I have in my life is problems. That is the cost of entrepreneurship. 
because, you know, your staff, you shield them from any of your problems. That's your job. Okay, next then is um, having good systems and training in your enterprise. And le the leader's job is to, I think the leader's job is to inspire a manager to create good systems and training as opposed to writing them themselves. I mean, the leadership role is actually the most fun job. It's the least hands-on, but it's the, the most important for strategy, for direction. You know, I know you guys want to go global. So it could be like onboarding. What's your onboarding process for staff? Do you know, do they shadow in different departments? What's the optimum amount of training before you get them on the floor? What um, checks and uh, modules do they have to pass before you give them a pair of scissors? Um, you know, what ongoing training do they have? What um, career development do they have? We talked about the systems, didn't we, earlier on? And then finally, I think the best leaders on the planet aren't actually leaders. I think the best leaders on the planet are leaders who develop and nurture other leaders. Because sometimes leadership is a bit of a power play for individuals. It's a bit of an ego trip. You know, we all like being the, the leader of our organisation. But actually, your ability to get a manager to a leader or someone who runs a chair up to a manager, up to a leader, that shows that you can nurture talent and that you can bring the best out in people and you can develop their career and help them to see a bigger, better version of themselves. And great leaders, they do that. And that means getting out of their way often. That means letting them take all the credit and the limelight. I did an event recently. Um, actually, it was Business Breakthrough Summit, which you were at. And um, I did... I did two or three, and one of them, I, just before I got on stage, I got news that my dad was back in hospital with his bipolar, and it kind of it hit me quite hard. And I went on, and I didn't really feel like I was as good as I could have been had I not had that news before I went on stage. Um, I put something on Facebook, and everyone was really kind and said they didn't notice. And then we went for dinner. So I felt like I was 10 20% below my best. And then we went for dinner, and um, there was premium ticket holders, and we were chatting over dinner, about 12 of us. And... Some people were saying, oh, yeah, Paul, he was the best speaker. And other people were saying, oh, Jamie, he was the best speaker. And I was just sat there going, well, what about me? Why wasn't I the best speaker? <laughs> and I, I, for about, I, I went from like feeling sorry for myself to mild jealousy to frustration. I went through that journey in about two seconds inside. I didn't say anything. And then I thought, no, wait a minute. Not so much Paul Omahani because he's a great speaker in his own right. But the guys on that stage, I trained them. And I should be really proud of that. The fact that we can do 800 events a year and I only speak at 20. And if people are saying that the people I trained, I'm, I'm not taking their credit because they did it. They're in it as well. But if they're saying that they enjoyed them as a speaker better than me, that's like Yoda teaching Luke Skywalker. <laughs> you know, that, that, that is a better leadership trait than you being the best and sort of suppressing others. And I allowed myself a moment to also enjoy that after I got over myself. Um, so yeah, you, you know, like if you can give your managers the credit, the, the, the praise, the credit, you know, let them take some of that adulation, position them high. Now, what holds us entrepreneurs back from doing that is, oh yeah, what if they leave or what if they set up in competition? But if you always hold them back, they'll leave anyway. And if you've got good training and systems and manuals and, and development and onboarding, if someone leaves, someone else comes through. We've had trainers that have left and we have trainers that come through because we've got a good trainer training system. Yeah.
So to summarize then, solving bigger problems, your role as the leader and everything else, someone else's role, managing your emotions, good self-awareness, really clear vision, restating it constantly and re-inspiring and re-energizing and re-enthusing people constantly, having good systems and training and onboarding, um, understanding the difference between leading and management and then developing other leaders. I would say in a nutshell, that's what leadership is. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, 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 oh,